Welcome, dear listeners, to this absolutely amazing and groundbreaking episode, which is about asking for a friend. And this is like a coaching style episode where I really want to invite people to come on the show and ask a one question, one question about their sex and love and relationship uh, life. And I will do my best to answer and maybe inspire or draw from you. What is it that is true to you? So today I'm really honored for having this absolutely amazingly brave woman as a first Asking for a Friend coaching episode guest. Welcome, Eliquity. Thank you, Anne, for having me on. I'm really excited when I found out you're doing the Asking for a Friend because I was like, oh, I totally have a burning question I need to ask. <laughs> well, shall we dive in? And, and first of all, may I celebrate you? Because this is this could be quite a vulnerable thing to, to come on, on, on the show like this. And you're really paving the way for the others to, to, okay, she's doing it, maybe I can do it. So really, really wanting to celebrate your courage and being so brave to come here with your burning question. So well, thank you. Yeah. I always, my, my whole thing is like, if I, you know, if I, I'm really good at coming up with solutions and sometimes I can't, and if I can't, two heads are always better than one that no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. And sometimes it's good to, good to hear a different perspective and to see what what rings true to you, because we can really get into that kind of vicious circle where we have a an idea or thinking something, and it, we can't really get out of that rut. So, yeah, welcome. Really, really honored to have you here. And if I can really invite you to first drop into your body and just to feel that you are present here, and maybe take a couple of breaths in, and and just. Leave the outside world and let's just have this space for us and just, oh, this is a safe space for you to ask anything you want to ask and we'll take it from there. So please go ahead. Okay. So are you, do you, would you like me to give you some context or would you like me just to jump out with a question? I, I'd be, I'd give it to you really. What, what feels most aligned to you? Let me give you a little bit of context first. So my okay. so my ask for a friend question is that um, my friend um, is very extrovert and she her love language is audio. So like listening, like having people, having her partner tell her what he likes about her, what he likes her doing, all those types of things. So her love language is definitely audio, um, although she's a visual person like when she works. Um, and her partner is very introverted and he has a hard time with like, she'll ask him like, so what did you like about that? Like she'll do something with him, like they'll play around. And she's like, what did you like about that? And he'll say what he liked about it. And she'll ask him why. And he's like, I don't know. I can't tell you why. And it's not because he's trying to be shady or keep information, hold information from her. It's mostly because um, he has a hard time taking what's in his head and verbalizing it into words. But he's very, very smart. Like he, he's definitely like off the genius scale, kind of smart. And so um, she believes he is on the autism spectrum. And that is the reason why, like we, she doesn't have any definite proof, but based on her experience with kids, because she used to be a teacher, um, that is her best guess. And so, um, so she asked some different questions 
but he still has a hard time answering why. Like she has to ask him many different questions to get an answer. So my question for you is, is that how can um, she encourage her introvert husband to verbally express what he is enjoying during sex when he has a hard time um, taking what's in his head and verbalizing it into words because verbalization is her love language? That is a big question. Thank you for sharing that. That is There's a big lots of question. layers in it. <laughs> There's lots of layers. And, and because communication, you know, it's, it's one of the key things that couples can get so wrong. Because first of all, people don't talk. And second of all, they don't say what they mean. Mm-hmm. So there is this kind of pleasing mentality that if I say what I want or what I desire or what I don't want or don't definitely, you know, having the kind of boundary building thing, I might offend my partner and I can't do that to them. So there is is a lot of delicacy and sensitivity in that, why people don't communicate honestly and authentically. And I think there there is a, especially for men, what I've learned is that even just a question can be taken as a criticism or judgment. Yeah, and that's he definitely does that. Yes, yeah, and that's that's something that I've I've been quite surprised because I used to be called Annie Why when I was younger because I would all the time asking Why 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 I needed to understand, and it, it became a nickname, a bit embarrassing really. But but then I realized that actually I'm generalizing here. Obviously, I'm not putting any any kind of you know women are like this and men are like that. But it's quite interesting parallel here into my own life. And one of the things I've I've learned is that women ought to really sit, you know, kind of sit back more and just enjoy being rather than going forward asking their questions because that can that can feel quite uh judgmental, as I said, and also oppressive in a way. It's like, am I not doing well? We you know should should I do something better or, or you know, what what is this? And it's very interesting. I don't know if you've listened to uh, one of my episodes where I shared the different energies of people's organs, as it were, in terms of tantric, you know, the yin and yang. Where I have not listened to that episode. I need to go and find that one. I can't remember where I actually said it, but the, but the, what's really interesting, so women womb owners or pussy owners, as I say quite bluntly mm-hmm. in, my, in my podcast, is is something that is called a yin energy. So so when we go to the genitalia, there, there's a lot of context that needs to be right. There's a lot of um, you know coaxing and foreplay, and you know all all that has to happen. It takes longer time than for for penis owned bodies to get going when we talk about sex. So their their genitalia is more yang. It's more directed. They know exactly where to go, and you know they get there fast in two minutes. And for women, it can take forty five minutes. You know, so, but when we come to heart, where the emotional intelligence and all this kind of questioning happens, it's the opposite. So men's hearts are yin, and they feel violated if a woman comes too quickly from their yang heart. I need to know now. Tell me this. You know, women know exactly where to where to go when they want to know an answer, and they will they will press and press and go and go and and men feel like they're they're kind of metaphorically crossing their legs on their hearts, <laughs> saying, "Oh, that's too fast. Don't come so fast into my my heart space." So that's just a kind of a, 
uh, a tantric idea about the different energy centers that we have in differently organized bodies. But going back to your question, really, I really feel for this couple that they they are trying to have the communication, which is a kind of a prelude for intimacy building. And I wonder whether there is a there is an appetite and kind of curiosity to to start playing with communication and making it into a more conscious practice that would feel safe for this man as well. What's oh. your what's your hunch? Yeah, I think I think I think you hit the nail right on the head without me realizing it because one of the things that uh, she t- often says that he does is that like when she tells him, oh, I would like to do this, he takes it as a criticism. And so, mm-hmm. yes, that I she never thought of the safety being an issue because she's always thinking of safety for herself because she was sexually abused as a child. And so, but not applying that to, even though her partner has not been sexually abused, but not thinking, oh, he needs to feel safe. She was just assuming he felt safe because he didn't have that background or history. I'm really sorry for your friend to have experienced that. I I really, from the bottom of my heart, you know, want to extend my compassion and love for that little girl who got abused. I'm I'm really, really sorry to hear and, and that they had to go through that. It's just wrong and heartbreaking really and and also acknowledging how far she's come that she can now express her boundaries and her desires and is trying her best to communicate to her husband that this is what I would like to have and this is what I would like you to do or us to do so I really want to acknowledge that because it's a it is a big thing to feel safe within a relationship, especially when there is that abuse history, to to actually feel that you can open up as a woman or a man ever again. And and I think that's a that's a beautiful progress and testament to her work that she's done for her own healing. So I would like to acknowledge that first and foremost. Thank you. The other thing about the man is that, uh, that as I explained, there is a there is a different thing. He might feel safe in the in the sexuality side of things, but maybe not when it comes to emotions and intimacy and that heart space. That okay, why do we need to talk about it? Why can't we just get get on with it? And and it's just different dynamic there. And and again, you know, we need to acknowledge that it's 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 just being different. And maybe there is a there is a way to come together where there is a meeting point where communication can feel safe, but where also boundaries are expressed and desires are expressed. Yeah, because the other thing that she often tells me about him is that he is he's very much like I t- I'll take care of you, and and he's very much a giver. And so when she asked him, like, what would you like to do when we play around? He's like, well, what would you like to do? Like he yeah. turns the question back and she's like, no, she's telling him, no, I want to know what you want to do because I want to give you pleasure at this moment. And like, you know, we can do whatever I want to do after, but I want to focus on you. And he has a very hard time focusing on himself. It like, and she's tried different ways of asking him. 
and she tried just like jumping on in and like, you know, having oral sex, like, you know, lots of different ways. And she has not found a way for him to just say, I would like this and be excited about it. And then just like be a receiver. Yeah, it can be very hard. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, there's basically men are born to be the providers. There is that kind of you know, the king Ingrained and the, the warrior. Yes, yeah. exactly. The the one who provides. And it can be really difficult to to do the other way. And again, I would I would really invite playfulness and sense of humor and and just trying a couple of processes. I wonder in terms of the I have two things I'd like to suggest to your friend couple. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear them? I would love to, yeah. So the first one is about communications. And it's it's really cl- you know important that when you play with communications, that you decide beforehand what the topic is and you take turns. And both of you commit not to judge or criticize and not to get into fixing things or not to get into defensive stance. And uh, it's really about flowing together, trying to understand about something and both commits to follow the process and also committing to go as deep as they can, as honestly as they can, actually saying what what they mean because that's the thing we always want to kind of oh no you first or you know you tell you know so there is that kind of pleasing factor like like you just beautifully explained as well so how this happens is that it's called it's called something you know the sandwich technique in business world you know where you have to give feedback you give the 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 burger is the feedback but then you put it around fluffy buns so that you know you get give the positive thing and then you give the negative thing and then you give the positive thing in tandem yeah, so nothing you is all po- the positive things first yeah and at last as well so mm-hmm. so this is a kind of similar thing so it's not about um it's not about giving criticism or giving praise it's more like in Tantra, nothing is negative or positive. It just is. So that's the kind of yes. taken. Yeah, it just is. And uh, so the, you first start about about what you want. So let's say that if we role play this, you would be the partner A and I would be a partner B. So first of all, the partner A will hold space for the partner B. So you will come and ask me, what do you really, really want? Okay. And, you ha- and decide- what do you really, really want? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think we have time to do that, but just as, a, as an example. So uh, so basically, this is something that you you need to decide what the topic is. So if it's your, your sex, a life, or if it's about, you know, a particular type of sex, or if it's a particular type of, um, you know, whatever it is about your love life and how much time you spend together or, or whatever. So you decide what the topic is. So you you come and ask, as a partner A, you ask the partner B, what is it that you truly, truly want? And if it, if this is like lovemaking, then the partner B, i.e. me here, will then do my best to tell you what is it that I truly, truly want. And I go through that as long as I can. And every time I stop, you say, thank you. And then you repeat the question, what do you really, really want? 
about our lovemaking or, or having sex or whatever it is, or me pleasuring you, whatever you've decided that you do as a topic. And then I continue. And I, when I finish, you again say, thank you. What do you really, really want? So we continue as long as this, this feels like I have something to say. And you are not allowed to correct or judge or or fix anything or or defend or say, oh, but I do that all the time or whatever. So you are not allowed to say anything except thank you and asking the question again. The next so it's question. More, it's like going in with like a curiosity mindset. Exactly, exactly. And holding space for the partner B that they feel safe. So you need to really, you can hold hands, you can look into each other's eyes and you can just, you know, reassure in the beginning that this is the safe space to speak. And then the next question is, what are you afraid of? So this is this is something that can be experienced negatively or it can be painful. So you really try again, go deep as a partner B. What is it that I'm afraid about this particular sexual practice or about you pleasuring me or whatever? So it, it can be just kind of, oh, I feel I'm afraid I look like an idiot or I, I feel like I'm, I'm afraid that I might come too early or or whatever it is. So you just, as a part Or I'm afraid you, I might fart during sex. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. I mean, it can be just anything. We're all different. And we, we don't know often our own fears unless we have the space to talk about it. So again, I go as deep as I can. And when I pause, you say, thank you. What are you afraid of? And then we go through this, this uh, process. And the last thing is, what you ask is, what do you love? about me or you can say what if, if you want to keep it just as a as a thing what you're discussing you can say what do you love about our love making or whatever the topic is and then I go again as deep but you can also do it for you you know what, what you can choose at the beginning what the questions are so agree before what the questions are the topic and the questions and then after this has been done you swap so I become a partner a and you're a part, partner B. And maybe it's easier for the person who is perhaps more uh, talkative to be first the one who is, is talking. And when you've done this, and, and there's no judgment, if the other person can't actually come up with lots of sentences, it's fine. You know, if they just say, oh, I really don't know, I need to really think about this, you know, can we do this tomorrow? I said, yeah, okay, but, you know, you just say thank you, and you can ask again. And if they don't truly can't come up with anything you can then stop but it's it's an opportunity where both in the beginning commits to it and really goes as deep as they can and there's no judgment how deep they can go and afterwards very important thing is to is to really integrate and maybe just hug or just kind of you know thank each other and look into each other's eyes and just, you know, feel that there's no need to start talking, you know, about solutions or anything like that. It's just kind of acknowledging that, gosh, we were really brave here. We really created more intimacy. We really talked honestly and vulnerably. And that vulnerability is very, very scary to most most of us. So I really would like to emphasize that nothing needs fixing. It's just having clarity. It's having clarity and having more insights 
what is underneath the usual habitual lovemaking or habitual communication practice? And and then if you want, maybe a day later or in the afternoon, you if you've done this in the morning, you might actually start. What shall we just talk like grown ups? You know, what what's what what did this mean? But make sure that you come from that grown up part of yourself where you can actually discuss it as uh, you know in a mature way rather than going into a fighting <laughs> sphere or or draw you yes. know withdrawing back into your old stuff. How how do you feel? Does yes. this could this be a good practice for for your friends? Yeah, I think so because I actually she actually has asked him like the what do you love about me part and, and different things like on that aspect. But one of the other questions I have for you is that she often says that her partner like she'll tell her partner, oh, I found this on the internet or I found this in, while reading a book. And he's like, oh, all of those things just talk about you need to communicate better. And I think we communicate fine. And I mean, we do communicate. They do communicate okay. But like she feels they they don't, they do communicate okay, but they don't like, the, she feels like they could be like, there's a lot of more room to be much more like heart connected to each yes. other than they are right now. Yes. Yes, I agree. And that's most of us are like that. I bet majority of people are not that brave. And this is not a judgment. It's how we've been brought up because we love the other person. We don't want to offend them. And we don't, you know, so there is a lot of sensitivity and vulnerability that is needed here and a lot of consciousness as well. So it's just kind of, and one of the beautiful things, very simple thing is eye gazing. Even before you start this exercise, you can just do eye gazing mm -hmm. and sometimes you can just feel in your heart, you know, what's the truth and just look into each other's eyes for two minutes and, uh, and, and that might be enough until both of you kind of feel, ah, you know, there is that kind of sigh of yeah, the dopamine I, hit. <laughs> yes, exactly. There is that kind of, I, yeah, actually I do love you so much. And, you know, so there is that kind of thing that we don't take time to, you know, we don't take a break to actually cultivate this kind of intimacy and us couple coupleness you know the couple bubble if you like you know it's very important to do this on a regular basis even if you just do it two minutes every morning two minutes every every time you come back from work for instance before you start cooking and doing any other stuff and you just eye gaze and might not even need actual words and this might be quite radical suggestion for your friend, female friend, because that can be more uh, intimacy. In, yeah, intimidating, but also intimacy building. Because even, mm -hmm. because in that intim intimidation, there's that vulnerability. So just kind of pausing and really resting in the eyes of the other is is one of the most groundbreakingly transformative practices. So these are the kind of two things I would say for 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 your friends that you could try and the third thing you mentioned that you know there, there's all these kind of you know shall we try this shall we try that's kind of sex thing why don't they and this is again if they feel up for it they could actually do sex date nights where they take turns that is the other person's you know uh responsibility to, to come up yeah yeah but again, it has to be equal. It has to be 50-50. So if it's role pay, if it's kinky, if it's sacred, if it's, you know, tantric, if it's, you know, sensual play, you know, is it, is it edging? Whatever it is, or just, you know, oral sex and nothing else, 
you know so so there there are so many possibilities but it's the other person's responsibility that okay this friday it's my job to decide what we do and if you need props they go and buy the props set the scene sort out the childcare and really go for it and then the other one comes to this this sacred space where anything can happen and next friday it's the other person's turn cool i think she would really like that that idea um yeah I, I think is, she is whether suggested... he does <laughs> Yes. She had suggested something similar, not like that, that this is actually a better idea that she had, but, um, she had suggested something similar to him was like, Hey, let's take a night and make it sex night just to block out time for sex. But, um, but yeah, going, going back to your hugging thing, there's, um, there's 1,440 minutes of the day and there's that's like to carve out two minutes. It seems like a very, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very tiny piece of your day. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's the, that's the kind of uh, thing that we need to all celebrate, that we, we choose our time. We, we can choose what we do with our time. And it's worth putting sex date nights in the calendar, even if it's once a month or once a week. And if it's eye gazing every day for two minutes, just put it in the calendar or make a decision, have a, have a trigger that, you know, immediately after we come from work, we do eye gazing, regardless of anything kids will have to stay away for two minutes or whatever it's sacrosanct and with the communication exercises again it's sacrosanct that you don't judge or criticize and you do your best to go deep and hold a really safe space those three rules are very important and you don't change the wordings so those would be my kind of go-to three ideas for for your friends to try I'd great. be very this is super great. Yeah, I'd be very interested to actually hear how they get on. So if you wanted to keep in touch and let me know. Oh yes, I could even come back for another episode to, yeah. to give you the 411 on the data points here. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be really, really cool. So I'd like to invite you before we finish just to share with us, uh, listeners and me, what what is your most favorite moment about this episode? Probably, um, like the like the variety of ideas and the, like the perspective you go into when you're talking about the ideas was the most because I oh because she, I always have ideas she always has ideas like we're very idea oriented because we're both creators and so the idea part is easy but the having the the different perspective for the idea is is definitely the biggest takeaway for this for sure brilliant brilliant so there is a little bit of opening then to 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 do things slightly differently and it's interesting to see how the the man will react to these how how safe does he feel for these ideas yeah yeah i'm really i'm really curious to find out from my friend how how her partner reacts to all of this and what he does and who knows he may end up uh exploding into this big sex fiend or something 
I mean, not that he doesn't enjoy having sex. She says he totally enjoys having sex. Um, and and their first their first sexual encounter together was for six hours. So yeah. it's not that he doesn't yeah. enjoy it. It's just the more emotional intimacy part she's looking to get deeper into yeah. with him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, brilliant. Because Thank you can have sex with anybody. You can literally have sex with anybody. Yeah, exactly. And that's that that can be bypassing the intimacy fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, exactly. So the intimacy, I think, is the is one of the communication intimacy. I was just thinking that you know after this, you know what what could be good mm-hmm. for them would be you know the intimacy communications and then sacred sexual play as well. Make it sacrosanct that this is your time. This is your sacred space where you really connect with each other. And I think that's the that's the key point when we're talking about a new sexual revolution. (laughs) Yeah. Is to have the audacity to go deep and 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 intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Because that makes the difference between just having sex and having a partner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I thank you so much for coming to this episode and asking your beautiful questions. I, I hope it has helped lots of our listeners as well. And I'd be very keen to have you back. Definitely welcome back to, to give us the data points. And uh, if there's any listener who would like to um, come and ask for a friend or ask for yourself, you're very welcome to come on board and email me at anneblunt at selfishlyhappyyou.com. And I would love to hear your comments and 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 what did, what was your takeaway from this episode. So thank you again, Eliquity. And my name is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the podcast host of this really brave, I think, and explicit, open and honest podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Thank you so much for listening.